Welcome everybody. I'm excited for today's episode. I have an amazing guest on here today, Sophie Branchot from Sage Designs. Uh, she's the owner and creative director and she's been in business now for over 13 years and she's just got such an amazing story. I'm so excited to have you on and hear all about it. And, you know, I wanted to also thank you because during this current pandemic, you've been such an anchor in the wedding industry business, and you've been so amazing to everyone and, you know, putting yourself out there and making sure that everyone's connected. It's just been so powerful to have you as an ally. So thank you for everything that you've been doing. Path to Business, the podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Barrett, self-made, six-figure business owner, photographer, mother of three, who's not afraid of hard work. I want to celebrate each journey in business as no story is quite the same. We understand and appreciate the sacrifices and decisions that have led us to where we are today. You've already crushed so many goals and by sharing how you did it, both you and others can continue to achieve all your biggest dreams. This is your path to business. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) For sure. So um, I covered a couple of things, but Sophie, if you want to, um, you know, maybe expand a little bit more about you, that would be awesome. I feel like you covered it off, but uh, yeah, as Bethany said, my name is Sophie Brancho. Uh, I'm the owner and creative director of Sage Design. So we design uh, and supply florals and decor for weddings and special events um, in the Ottawa area and surrounding area. So we travel um, to Montreal and as far as Toronto sometimes for events. So, um, you know, we love what we do and we do usually about uh, 200 events a year. So that's crazy. Wow. I, I didn't know that. So that's amazing. I, um, I can't, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a lot. So I'm, I'm really I'm lucky. I have a really great team to, uh, to help me with all that because I definitely could not do it alone. No, no. And you've been in business now since 2007, but you're coming up on your 10 year anniversary of being named Sage. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk us through a little bit about that. How did you, you know, what did, what did Sophie do before, you know, getting into the wedding industry? Uh, I did quite a few things, you know, like when I was a teen, I did the, you know, working in fast food restaurants and I've done all of the things like that. Um, But right before I like starting my business, I had a really clear path. I was like one of those kids who always knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. You know, when people ask me, Sophie, what are you going to do? I was going to be a lawyer. There was, there was never any doubt about that in my mind. Um, I also had a really strong affiliation with the military growing up. So a large part of me wanted to become a Canadian JAG lawyer. So basically a military lawyer. So I, like I had a very clear path. <laughs> I knew yeah. exactly what I was going to do. Um, so uh, when I went to university, I studied philosophy because a lawyer friend of mine told me that, you know, the, the honors degree that you do before law school doesn't really matter that much. You should do something that you're really passionate about that you enjoy um, to try to get the best sort of grades that you can get. And I loved philosophy. And I had also learned that uh, philosophy students tended to do better on the LSAT exam, uh, the entrance exam for law school. So I figured it was a win-win. Yeah. So I, uh, I did that and I found it really interesting. It like really helped me to see the world in all kinds of new ways, which for you know, a young 20-something year old is, is almost one of the most valuable things you can do for yourself. Um, so a couple of things kind of threw me off my, my lawyer path. Uh, and the first one was that I bombed the LSAT the first time that I went out and did it. <laughs> I think I got like in the lowest, like 30th percentile or something, oh, no. which wasn't like a complete like make or break situation for me because, you know, I know that most people have to write the LSAT like two or three times before they do well enough to apply to law school. Um, so I was prepared to write it a couple of times, but the real deal breaker for me was whenever um, I had joined the military for a a period of time and decided that um, the military wasn't going to be for me as a full-time job. So after that, I went and worked in a law office and, you know, watching these lawyers who I was working with every day and interacting with them and people who I like loved so dearly, they became like family to me. um, They just kind of hid themselves away in their offices for like, the entire day, every day, they'd be in at like 5am, 
and they wouldn't leave some nights until like 10 p.m. and they'd be typing away at their computers and like they were kind of miserable like just about their jobs in general right like they were lovely humans um, they seemed to have kind of everything they traveled but they kind of didn't seem to love what they did on a daily basis and that was kind of like the the last thing for me that was like maybe law isn't where I want to go <laughs> you know I want to be happy and I want to enjoy my life and I want to feel fulfilled um, so while I was working there I was working as an administrative assistant um, for that law office uh, I became pregnant with my oldest daughter and after she was born I decided to leave that job and move back to Ottawa because I was living in Toronto uh, and I wanted to be closer to my family. So, you know, our family lives like just south of Ottawa, about an hour, and we decided to move back home. And so I had like a whole year of mat leave to kind of decide what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> uh, so, and you know, like I'm, I'm the kind of person who likes to keep busy and, and not really sit around too much. And so uh, I started like looking into once this mat leave is over, what am I going to do with myself? Um, and none of the jobs that I was seeing posted online really did it for me. Um, so while I was on mat leave, I decided to like jump on the the wedding planner sort of bandwagon. That's kind of like a, a side thing. But um, after my mat leave was over, I went to work for Transport Canada, working uh, as an executive assistant for um, one of the executives there. And so I've worked in government. I've been in the military. I've worked in, you know, private sector law I've had I've had quite a few different types of jobs <laughs> yeah I dibble dabbled in everything <laughs> yeah. but I think that's awesome so fun fact um I also grew up wanting to be a lawyer <laughs> yeah see <laughs> I didn't get as far as you though I got into my first year university I took one law class um I actually um took uh what did I take? I ended up taking political science. Sorry, it took me a while to remember there because I, I ended up switching. So I yeah. went in because I took political science. I really was interested in politics. And the first year was so dry and so boring. And the one law class that I had, one of the assignments was to go and find a case um, and follow it for the entire summit, like the entire year, basically. Mm -hmm. And then write your, you know, write your kind of final project on that case and what you found. And I found that it just takes too friggin' long to, you know, figure out these cases. And I ended up writing that saying, you know, like, this is such a long process, like this is being drawn out, and it's just not something I want to pursue. So yeah. Um, yeah, so I understand the law thing. I, I, I used to tell people from when I was like 10 or 12 years old that I want to be a lawyer when I grow up. So anyway, so funny. <laughs> what was what was it that like drew you to law? For me, it was like, it was like a prestige thing almost like nobody in my family had gone to university so for me yeah. it was there's like status there that you know my family would be proud of me um there was like a stable income that I could look forward to so I could give my family like a life that that I could be proud of um so and and I also just loved arguing with people generally speaking so like yeah. those, <laughs> those were the same thing, same thing. right yeah, yeah. Same things I wanted a good job I wanted to you know make sure that I didn't have to worry about money that was like one of my big things um, maybe it was, you know, my parents always seen them like my mom, my mom and my mom was an entrepreneur and my dad was in the military. So, you know, like seeing my mom struggle and always, like you said, working a lot. And I just thought as an entrepreneur that, you know, you work so hard and you never have any time for yourself. And it was just like, that's not something that I want, you know? Yeah. And so I, I decided to be a lawyer, but like you said, lawyers do the same thing, right? So you're still kind of an entrepreneur <sighs> as a lawyer, right? So totally. And the struggle is real as a lawyer. It's not as like, it's not as easy. It can be very dry, like you said. And this yeah. is the thing is like they were my my lawyer friends would be writing these like, you know, 50 page dissertations and then they just lock themselves in their rooms and they'd just be typing constantly and like this was their life. <laughs> I was yeah. like, God does not sound exciting to me no, <laughs> at all. No. And um, I grew up learning French first and then switching to English in like oh, grade, I didn't know that. grade nine. Yeah. So in grade nine, like I switched all to English, but my English wasn't super strong. So writing, I always found really hard, you know, I would mm -hmm. make a lot of mistakes. So, but yeah, it's yeah. very similar. And well, then so writing I, in legalese. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was so very funny because I remember talking to a lawyer at the same time, my first year university, when I was at one of the court cases, because I, I had to literally go to the court the Ottawa like you know court down, downtown mm -hmm. and I remember asking him like how much do you make like what do you, you know what is your starting salary blah 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 he's like I make 60 grand I was like what? 
<laughs> like sixty thousand dollars? That's it? You go to school for ten years and you make sixty grand? Like, holy! Yeah. So, anyways, that was. I just wanted to share that with you. Fun fact. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. So after, um, so after you, so you, you just you you spent your mat leave trying to figure out what you wanted to do. Um, you said you kind of started the side hustle wedding planning. Uh, what kind of sparked that? Yeah. So like really for me, I was looking for something that would be challenging and interesting and something also where I felt like I could add value. Um, so having worked as an administrative assistant in a, in a legal firm, like I knew that I could be very organized. I knew that, um, you know, the lawyers in that office really relied on me to kind of keep things running smoothly. You know, I had planned a few conferences as well while I was there. So I knew that I was, I was good at planning and organizing. And I had also just finished planning my own wedding. So like, this is the typical story where like somebody gets married and they think like, I could do this. <laughs> so I kind of, I am kind of like that very typical story. You know, I had so many people tell me during my wedding planning, like, oh my God, aren't you stressed out? Wedding planning is so stressful. And um, people expected, I think, even more so for me because I was living in Toronto plan, planning in Ottawa, like down in the Ottawa area. So like there's this added stress of long distance planning, which, you know, back in 2007, it was harder than it is now. So Google was, you know, kind of becoming a thing, but like it wasn't it, like planning, the, the tools weren't there that are there now. Right. No. So, and I thought, wow, well, I wasn't stressed out at all. Like, you know, I planned my wedding and I wasn't stressed. Everything went really smoothly. I felt like I had everything organized and together. Um, so I thought, you know, maybe wedding planning could be a thing that, I, you know, I can contribute <laughs> to the world in some way. I could help brides, you know, relieve some of their stress. Um, you know, I can, I'm very organized. I know how to plan events and I've done this whole wedding thing. So I've got this. And, you know, I'm not one to just jump into something and call myself an expert. So, I, you know, I did um, take the Wedding Planner Institute of Canada class, like their, their <laughs> course, um, went to Toronto and spent a weekend there and to learn how to become like a proper wedding planner. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what sparked that. And, you know, I, I did that, like I said, I started the business while I was on mat leave, but I did have to go back to work. Um, so that's when I ended up at Transport Canada for a year. Um, and yeah, so that's 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 how I got into this industry. I planned my very first wedding in 2008. That was my very first first event. Wow. So how did you um yeah, like how did you find your first clients? Like how, who, you know, you did you start your business and then just like I mean back then there was barely even Facebook or anything like that. Yeah. So what were you doing to kind of find clients? Was it just word of mouth or yeah, so I was so naive, like literally had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I was so clueless. I think that's what interested me in this business from the beginning is that like I had to learn everything from scratch. And I literally, I taught myself how to build a website. Um, I taught myself how to make a logo and I put together like this awesome website and I spent, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks putting it together and getting it out there. And I remember the day that I hit publish on it and I went to bed feeling like, oh my God, tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have all these inquiries to help people <laughs> with their weddings. And I was just so stoked. I cannot even tell you. And then I woke up the next day and I had no inquiries. And then the next day and then the next day. So, you know, I had to learn a lot about, you know, SEO and marketing and I had to, you know, like really like everything from scratch. Right. And I was, I was so naive. Um, my very first client ended up being, um, one of my high school friends, his brother was getting married. And I said, I, I had reached out to them and said, like, I will help you plan your wedding for free in exchange for like the experience, um, and some photos and a reference or like a referral after the fact, like, yeah. I'm just trying to get my hands dirty in that. So, and they were, they were totally down. It ended up kind of being a bit of a, like a shotgun wedding because they got pregnant just before the wedding. They had to move the date up and she was just kind of flustered. He's in the military and, you know, they were like on the verge of having to be deployed and moving out of the country. So there was just like a lot going on in their lives. And I was like, I can help you. Let me help. I will help. And they were wonderful. Like they were the, my very first clients. It really, that kind of like solidified it for me because they were so grateful. I remember during like their thank you speech um, during, after the wedding was done, uh, the groom said, you know, if it hadn't been for Sophie, we'd all be sitting around here with a bunch of bags of chips and like, <laughs> what else? So like, they were just like, so genuinely kind and grateful. And that just kind of like sealed the deal for me. I was like, yeah, I'm in this. 
I love it. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I know like those first few clients that like, just like praise you, you're just like, Oh my gosh, you'll never forget them. I don't think like, you know, (laughs) I'll always be grateful for them for that chance. I mean, you know, they didn't, they didn't pay me, but they gave me like a very nice gift afterwards. And the experience was, was so wonderful. I remember too, during the wedding, it was so funny. I was running around like a crazy person trying to keep things organized. And I walked past one of their guests and the, the, it was like a, couple of women standing together chatting and they looked at me and one turned to the other and said, I would never be able to do that. (laughs) And I wasn't sure if I was like offended or proud, but either way, I was just like, you're right. Not everybody can do this, but I can do this. I got this. This is cool. I can do it. So yeah, it was fun. Um, so talk to me a little bit about your path. So you started, you know, we know about the starting, um, and obviously you're not a wedding planner now. <laughs> no. So talk to me a little bit about that. So I really didn't have uh, any mentors who had businesses. Like I had, I knew some people, distant family members and relatives and stuff who had businesses, but most of them were in construction related businesses. I really didn't know anyone who had a sort of creative business. And I felt like I had sort of been dropped in the middle of this really dense forest. And I had a really clear vision in my head of like where I wanted to be and where I wanted to go and what I wanted this business to look like, you know, 10, 20 years down the road. But I had literally no idea how to get there so in my head I had like this picture of me working in a really beautiful office surrounded by super creative people who loved what we did um, who got to come to work every day and you know essentially play with you know basically designing and and planning weddings um and so (laughs) yeah which is which is what I have now and I'm so grateful like like literally the business that I have right now and the the people that I work with um this this has been my goal all along you know this has been what I've been working so hard for um and it makes the whole thing worth it because I'm so happy to go to work every day and to see the faces of the humans that I get to work with and I feel so lucky oh you make me cry Um, yeah (laughs) I'm, I'm very sincere in that like it's you know it's been a long road but I'm I'm very very grateful for where I am um, so, you know, I, I had this vision of what I want this business to be. And at some point I kind of realized that I wasn't going to get there with the planning. Um, and you know, around the same time, like right from the beginning, actually that very first client I told you about, she asked me if I could arrange her flowers for her. She's like, if I just go buy a whole bunch of wholesale flowers, will you just like put them together? Like she wanted me to do the bouquets and everything. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Literally like never arranged flowers in my life you know like my idea of arranging flowers was like snipping grocery store flowers and throwing them in a vase like that's it um but she was like no no I'd like just please do it it's really gonna be super easy I don't really care like I'm not fussy it just like whatever you do I'll be thrilled with and she really was she was very sincere and when I look back on the pictures of that wedding like literally she had um fuchsia pink Gerber daisies like bouquet that's all it was and I cringe now because I would never ever put anything out (laughs) into the world that looked like that but you know we all grow a little wiser she Um, loves it she loved it she loved it she was so happy and she looked adorable with her little bouquet of daisies um but yeah so like more and more over those first couple of years uh clients were asking me to do their flowers to provide their decor and you know that sort of evolved into me having a lot of vases and then candle holders and then linens and chair covers. And like my garage kind of just got more and more full over time. (laughs) Um, And eventually 2010 was the year where it really hit me. And I was like, I have to kind of make a decision on this. Like the, the weddings that I was doing where I was doing full planning and the full design had just become overwhelming. Like they weren't fun anymore. It was just too many balls to juggle to keep track of, all of the logistics and then also to keep track of all of the design stuff and try to implement both. Like I was bringing in two teams. I was bringing in a planning team and I was bringing in a decor team and I was trying to organize everybody and it was just kind of nightmarish. And so I said, you know what, something's got to give. And when I was, when I kind of sat back and I was honest with myself about which path was, was more likely to get me toward that, that vision of what I had in my head of what my business was going to look like 10 years down the road. I knew that the decor path was, was the one that was more likely to get me there. Cause that's the one I could scale. Um, I couldn't imagine myself scaling the planning business in the same sort of a way. So in 2010, I made the call. I 
shut down my planning business. I registered for a new name for Sage Designs and started planning and I haven't looked back since. Wow. That's amazing. And, and, you know, I think like, you know, I know, I know you as a person and obviously as a friend and I know you're very like, you're, you know, what's going on in the background. Like you're very analytical in the sense that, you know, Mm -hmm. you really kind of dive deep into like what makes sense for me. Um, And I I really think that that's something probably from the lawyer skills, the the philosophy (laughs) and all that stuff too. Um, But, you know, I think that that's so important is to really realize and, and similar to our business, we realized the same thing that video was a, a kind of an up and coming thing. And so we were like, okay, you know, we need to take this leap. Um, because yeah. sometimes it's like, well, how do you stand out? Right. How do you, how do you do something different? Um, and I think also as a wedding planner, you were probably hiring all of these companies seeing like the bill yes. of how much you were getting, you know, these companies were getting paid. Yes. Um, so, I mean, and it just kind of makes sense, right. To like, okay, yeah. I'm making this much and they're making more than me and I am <laughs> doing 10 times the amount yes. of work. <laughs> now I understand why they were making more than me, but at the time I didn't really get it right. I was like, I could do that. And, you know, I feel like they're coming in, they're popping up like for a couple hours or setting up some things and they're piecing out and their, their bill was like three times my bill. Like yeah. what is happening? <laughs> I get it now, but yeah, absolutely. There's definitely like that analytical side yeah. of it where you kind of go, okay, <laughs> what's going on here? Like, why is my piece of the pie so small? You know? <laughs> yeah. And like you also mentioned about the videography thing, like I think a large part of it is also listening to your clients and, and paying attention to what they're asking you for. You know, I have some friends who are in business who, who really kind of get focused on what it is they want to do. And they, they, they get a vision in their head and this is what they want to do. But if customers aren't paying for the thing that you want to do, you have to be willing to be flexible and you have to be willing to pivot. And if people are like, I will pay you to do this thing for me, you have to, you really do have to like take that seriously. And I'm not saying that you do that every time because you just can't, you can't no. feed into every single whim that your clients ask you for. I still get asked by clients if I'll do planning for them all the time. And it's just <laughs> one thing, hard no, just not going back there because I know what that looks like. Um, but, you know, there's certain things that when I get asked for the same sort of thing over and over again, the same sort of product over and over again, I do like think very seriously, okay, if this is something that my clients are asking for, even if it's not something that I personally want, True. I take it very seriously in terms of like, yeah. Is this maybe a direction we should be going in? I literally remember the name. So it was really funny because um, the I had three clients that I've met in a row and all three was just for photography. And all three of them said they didn't book me because we didn't offer video. And it was like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's it I'm offering video I don't know how I'm gonna do it but we're gonna figure it out you figure know? it out and you guys have and you guys do brilliant work yeah. you know when there's a will there's a way you can learn just about anything right you have to just put in the time yeah no and I mean it's obviously a lot of work but it, yeah. it, it you make it happen right so it's not my ideal but it's been really great for us so yeah um, and sometimes there's some wrong turns in that right like sometimes you're like oh I'm gonna do this thing I've and I've wasted money on things that I'm like, this is going to be a hit and I'll buy something and I go, oh, nobody likes it. Nobody wants that. Okay. So that was a waste of money. And you learn. <laughs> oh yeah. Like equipment sometimes we'll buy, but like, yeah, this guy says you have to have this lens. And then it's yeah. like, I never use that friggin' lens. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. <laughs> so part of the process. Um, $2,000. Bye. <laughs> Yeesh. Yep. Um, so tell me a little bit about some challenges or pivots that perhaps you've made. I know that obviously you switched, um, from wedding planning to decor, but I, um, is there anything that's sort of been really tough on you or tough on your business, um, that made you change anything? Yeah, I think that was the biggest pivot for us was, was having to, to sit down and really be honest with myself about where I wanted my business to go and what I wanted to look like and what path was the the most likely to get me there. Um, So that, that pivot was definitely the biggest and the most challenging, but was also the most rewarding. You know, they always say it's like the hardest decisions are usually the right ones. (laughs) So, you know, getting like all these inquiries still coming in for planning services and having to say, no, I don't do that anymore. Um, you know, so basically turning down money constantly, you know, I was just starting to build a name for myself. Um, and so, you know, the inquiries were starting to come in like hot and heavy at that point. And I had to 
tell them all that I didn't do that anymore. And that was hard. That was really hard. I can imagine. So what did you do? Did you start referring? Like talk to me a little bit about that, because if you were switching, did you find that that was helpful for your business, being able to refer, help you grow or any of that kind of sense? Yeah. You know, like at that time and let's see, it was like, so 2010, there were only a handful of planners in the city and most of them are no longer planning anymore. But I had developed this like really amazing network of planning friends um, through having done the Wedding Planner Institute of Canada course. Um, there was like a really good little network of, of planners in the area. So being able to, to refer my business that was coming into me out to them was actually really helpful for sure. Yeah. Cause then they're going to think of you like, Hey, she sent me three weddings and, uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. and she's absolutely. got all the decor that I need. Right. So, yes. So, yeah. So like in a way that, you know, as hard as it was to turn down that business, um, you know, it kind of came back to me in a roundabout way that those planners would often bring their clients to me for, you know, for flowers and decor and rentals and stuff like that. So it's really it worked cool. out. Yeah. And I think it's really nice because I'm sure like not, I'm sure in your business and in mine, not every client by like gets a planner. I don't know out of your no. 200 events, how many would you say have planners? I mean, I know for me, it's like 10%, you know? Yeah. It's so. probably close to that 10 to 15% of our clients have planners. Like, yeah, the most mass, vast majority of them still don't hire planners. And I think that's why I realized that, you know, even though in Ottawa, there's between four to 5,000 weddings a year, um, you know, if only couple hundred of those are actually hiring planners and um they're at that point you know there there weren't a lot of planners but still a couple hundred split over the planners that we did have um and I don't think it would even be a couple hundred like like you said 10 percent. I don't even know if it was that much Um, I probably have a higher percentage of people come to me with planners than who actually overall hire planners in the city I would say it's probably lower citywide um but yeah, I just, I realized that there's just no way to scale it on those numbers. Yeah. So I find like that must be really helpful for you because, you know, I, <laughs> you know, sometimes I kind of get put into like a, not a planner position, but like a co- day of coordinator or, you know, things like that. And, um, you know, I'm not trained in this and I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert. Um, You know, one thing that I do know is timelines, you know, and things like that. So I feel like, you know, having that background though must be really helpful for you in your business. So I think that if someone was looking to do, you know, what you're, what you do now, which is, uh, you know, designing and um, creating, you know, beautiful events for people, it's probably really beneficial to have that kind of background so you can guide people if they don't have a planner, you know. Yes, but Bethany, I don't do planning. <laughs> I draw a very hard line. Um, yeah, it is for sure. I mean, in terms of understanding, I think I think that anybody who you know gets to experience different aspects of the industry gets to see um, so many more perspectives. It, it brings me back to my philosophy training, right? Like, I love seeing I love seeing the world from different angles, and and any business that you get to work in in this industry gives you a new perspective on weddings and gives you a new perspective on the industry. Like I feel very lucky that we have Ashley on our team, who's you know worked in rentals, she's worked in catering, she's worked in linens. You know, like she's got this vast knowledge of the industry because she's been able to see it from so many different angles, which okay. makes her a very unique and valuable person in this industry. Um, obviously, she's always also seen from planning and stuff as well right so um yeah it definitely gives us an advantage for sure yeah no and I don't I don't think you're a planner I'm not offering that but you know what I mean like you can kind of you can say well because sometimes I have clients who come to me and they're like yeah we want you to come at 8 a.m and I'm like well why do I need to be there at 8 a.m like you're in your pajamas you don't have makeup on you know, like, <laughs> why do yes. we need to be there at 8am? That doesn't make sense. Right? It's funny. I was just discussing that actually with another photographer this past weekend. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's something that comes with experience too, right? You understand in your business, what, what makes sense and what doesn't make sense and what's going to be helpful. Um, so, you know, I find that a large part of our roles for all of us as vendors is, you know, just educating our clients and, and helping kind of bring them up to speed. Cause 
most of them have never done this before, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you don't, if they haven't hired a planner, we all kind of assume the role of mentor and teacher and trying to like yeah. guide them, you know, through, through all their planning decisions. Yeah. They're like, what do you mean you're going to show up with my flowers at 11? Like, isn't it going to take longer? You're like, no, it, I just yeah, show yeah, up no. and, you know, do my thing. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you don't want them before then. They're just going to sit around and die. They're going to be much happier in my cooler. Yeah. yeah. So um, talk to me about some highlights. Um, you know, perhaps a couple. Uh, I know that the, you know, that sort of stand out to you in your business that you'll never forget. Um, so obviously that big pivot whenever, uh, you know, I went from planning to decor, that was a huge one. Um, I love that, that it's a challenge and a highlight. <laughs> yeah, it's a challenge and a highlight. Exactly. Um, another one that stands out to me was whenever I was working at Transport Canada, um, and I was pregnant for my second child and I was about to go on mat leave and I was just feeling so overwhelmed. I, I think it was like the combination of working a full-time job and also trying to run a business part-time and being pregnant and stressed out, <laughs> like having a long commute to, to work with my husband every day, which <laughs> at that point was, you know, foreign to us. Um, and I was just like, I was super stressed. So I had started seeing um, a therapist through Transport Canada, like the government usually has a pretty good um, like mental health program. So I had yeah. signed up for that and I was talking to a therapist once a week and it was like one of the best things I could have possibly done for myself. Um, and during one of our later sessions, uh, she was asking me about my business and I just spoke very candidly about it. I have no idea what I said anymore. <laughs> like it's been so long, but I'll never forget that she turned to me and she looked me straight in the eye and she said, you are meant to be doing this full time. You need to be doing a creative business. You need to be working for yourself. Um, this is what you're meant to do. And if I see you back here in a year when your mat leave is over, <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. Oh. And she was so blunt about it. Uh, I'm, I don't know if I can say ass on this podcast, but I just did. Um, I can make it explicit. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, but she, she just wasn't mincing words with me. She was so straightforward and, and it really stuck with me. And I kind of went, okay, you know, this woman who I've been pouring my heart out to for months really sees that this is something I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to take that seriously. So that was a big turning point for me. Um, and then I think you know, every time we've moved has been like a massive change. Like I, I get very comfortable in my spaces, you know, like <laughs> I initially was planning to just work from home out of my garage, arranging flowers on my kitchen table. And yeah. so my husband told me that that wasn't going to happen anymore. I need to get the hell out because he had no room in his garage anymore. <laughs> um, and you know, our house was becoming a disaster with flowers every weekend. It just wasn't sustainable. So, you know, I moved at first I was meeting with clients in coffee shops and I moved to my first little office in like near the Byward market where I could have some of my decor pieces and I could have meetings with clients and I was there for two years. And then the next big leap was like, I started renting a 2000 square foot um, or 1000 square foot uh, office space that had like a small warehouse downstairs. It was a thousand square feet and the small office upstairs was a thousand square feet. And uh, I was able to do all of my meetings and have all of my stuff in one place. And that was huge. Um, was and then that after, the last place? Was that yeah, last so it was the last place okay. before this one. And then after that five-year lease was up, I just moved again. Um, so now we're in like a 3,000 square foot place with like 18 foot ceilings. So which is basically three times the size of our old place. Um, and we've just signed a five-year lease there. And I don't know if we're going to gonna be able to stick this one for five years because it's so like it it felt so huge but it already feels so packed you know what I mean like so I'm already like okay we're gonna have to be looking for a bigger space in a couple of years oh no um so yeah so like every time we've done that move it's been a little stressful it's been challenging it's been hard because I I really don't like moving um and you know every move has been like a much bigger financial commitment um so it's it's been challenging but also it's always been you know, for the best, right? This last one was hard though. We moved in like on March 1st and then we had two weeks to get out of our old place. And so March 15th, we were like moved our last truckload in and then like the announcement for coronavirus happened and we like had to shut everything down. So that's been interesting, but <laughs> I, I still know that it's, it's for the best a hundred percent. And I'm so yeah. glad that we're in our new space. I know I've, I've been wanting and dying to come see it because obviously with everything going on, you know, not been able to. So once, when things are available, I'd love to come and visit and see it because it's yes. beautiful from everything I've seen. So we love it. It's such a great spot. 
Yeah, your other spot was great, but I think like this one has a lot more natural light, right? Yes, it does. It has massive windows in the front. Everything's on one floor, which is amazing. Um, before we were split between two levels, which was hard. So we had our warehouse downstairs and then we were doing our florals upstairs. Everything had to be lugged upstairs and lugged back downstairs. Yeah. Um, you know, we had clients who would come in who you know, would find stairs challenging. So having to ask somebody's like, elderly mother or grandmother to like walk up a flight of stairs to do a meeting with us always hurt my heart a little bit so yeah. like now everything's accessible it's all on one floor um the lighting's beautiful yeah I'm really, I'm really happy with it yeah I can't wait to see it um so is there any tips uh for others that you'd be that might be interested in starting a similar business to yours what would be some tips that you would give them or maybe even your past self <laughs> uh oh man I would just tell people to, to be flexible. You have to be willing to, to let go of what you think you are supposed to be doing. Um, you have to be teachable. So be ready to learn, just understand that often you go into business, you know nothing about business. So you have to be willing to, to learn and be teachable. Um, and you know, when you've come up against a wall, something that you don't quite understand, your best bet is to like dig into it as much as you can and try to learn as much as you can. Um, that's been a saving grace for me. Um, yeah. And, and when it comes to decor, I found if I were to go back in time and like start my decor business from scratch, I probably would have started out with something very, very specific. Um, you know, now I look at these businesses who only rent charger plates, for example, and they invest in like really beautiful just charger plates, that's what they do. And they did that for 10 years before they started expanding into other things. I think that had I, you know, started from scratch, I might've gone that route where I would have started with something very, very specific and something very, very niche um, and just grew my business from there. Cause I think that the path that I took, which is just kind of do buying what I needed <laughs> as I went and trying to like get into everything all at once, probably made it harder for me because it took a lot longer for me to be able to start paying myself because every single penny that came into the business, I spent it on something new for the business or I spent it on rent or whatever else. Right. So it took like, it took almost 10 years before I was able to actually start paying myself a salary. <laughs> and I don't recommend that for everybody. <laughs> but I mean, like, I get it, right? Like it's very hard in this business to not keep investing in your business, right? Like it's, we kind yeah. of like work because we see that potential. It's like, you know what? Oh, well, these floating vases are not, you know, in anymore. So I need to go to these like rustic looking, you know, like yeah. candle holders or something, you know? And you're just like, bah, like I just spent yeah. 10 grand on those or whatever, you know? Absolutely. For sure. Like, you know, we have a different strategy now for when we buy things, we'll often, you know, bring in a couple of samples and then we're going to, we'll put them out to our audience be like, who likes these? Are we going to get them? Like, do people, are people actually going to, to rent them? And oftentimes we won't buy something until a client has actually rented it. Yeah. So we'll bring a sample in, but we're not actually going to purchase like a, an inventory full of it until a client commits to, to spending money on renting it. Um, and that's been helpful as well. And that's probably not yeah, something you can just you go did. in too many directions. <laughs> that's no. probably not something you did before. <laughs> no. And sometimes I would also buy things that I was like, ah, oh, this that's really sort of ugly. It's not something I really like. And I don't know if I'm gonna be able to rent that again. And I would say, you know what, it's not about me, it's about what the clients want and I need to get them what they want. But ultimately what I've what I've learned about myself is that I don't sell things that I don't like. So when a client comes in, um, and they show me like when they climb and they kind of go like, I'm an open book. I, I, I don't know what I want. Just show me your things. I won't even show them the things that I don't like. Like even if, even if somebody else thinks they're nice, if I don't personally like it, I don't bring it up. So, you know, these things just sit in our warehouse and they don't go out and it's totally my fault if they don't go out because I don't sell them. <laughs> I don't push them on people. Cause I'm kind of like, I don't want somebody taking a picture of that. It's not my favorite. So, you know, you have to kind of listen to your clients, but also, you know, listen to yourself and get yourself, Buy, buy things that kind of speak to you that you'll be proud to to show off and proud to set up and proud to have photographs and, and be tagged in photos of those things. <laughs> I know. Has there ever been something that you were like, no, like I, I can't, but then everyone just would get it. Like it just, is there like one specific item or something that you can remember that was like, Ugh. <laughs> oh, yeah, like there's, there's been a couple um, for a while, like, like crystal, everything was really popular and so even though I personally wasn't on the crystal train, like my clients were asking for it so much that, you know, I ended up investing in a lot of 
blingy thing. So I had like these big crystal balls, like, like little, um, beads on them. And I had crystal <laughs> curtains and like, I had so many things. Um, and like, I finally let them all go a couple of years ago. Cause it was one of those things where like, unless a client specifically asked for it, I did not mention that we even had them. <laughs> like it just was not on my radar at all. And we did still rent them out time to time. People like there were still clients who wanted them. Um, but I finally got rid of them about two years ago and I'm so <laughs> glad I did. It's so funny because I got rid of it and literally two weeks later, a client was like, hey, do you have these? And I was like, ah, no, I don't. But I'm, it's okay. I'm glad I don't have them because it's just, it's not our style, right? Yeah. And even now there's still some times where clients will like hire us for, for certain types of like looks and stuff where I'm like, ah, that's not my favorite. I really hope nobody tags us in that. But we also have to like take on business that keeps the lights on, right? Because Lights are more expensive now than they were 10 years ago <laughs> and yeah. everything's more expensive now. Yeah, of course. And like, obviously those people, right? Like they refer people who still pay the lights, you know, pay for the lights. Right. So exactly. it's hard. I, you know, we all go through that. And I think, you know, obviously I try my best whenever that happens to just like, you know, make the, make the best of it, <laughs> when it's yeah. like, you know, and I think, um, you know, like I fall into it where a lot of venues and I don't know if this is something that happens with you, but a lot of venues have a lot of decor. They have a lot of things. So people don't feel like they need to invest in anything else. And, and I'm always like, but you, you need to, you know, you need to do something, but sometimes they don't. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's kind of nice. Cause I find that we, we work often at a lot of the same venues over and over again um, because those venues are referring us and they have no interest in having a lot of their own decor, um, which, which works out nicely because those are the venues too that we generally just love working in. So yeah. it works out well. And the client, the venues that have um, a lot of their own decor uh, tend to attract the kinds of clients who aren't going to book us anyway, right? Like who's sure. going to spend, you know, an extra $10,000 on, on decor if, you know, the venues throwing like three candles on the table for free and they're happy with that. Right. So, yeah. you know, it's okay. There's different clients for everybody. <laughs> for sure. But I always try and encourage them. So I let, just so you know, <laughs> Thanks, I'm, Bethany. Like, I'm like, at least do the head table. Okay. Just yeah. the head table <laughs> and the ceremony, you know, like make it transferable. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. It's like when people tell me that they've hired like a very inexpensive photographer, and I'm like, please, it's the one thing, it's the one thing you're going to have left over after all of this is done. Please spend the money on a good photographer because it's the number one regret that clients mention having after yeah. their wedding is done. They always say, I wish I had spent more on my photographer if there was actually, like one, one area, you know? Yeah. I actually got an email uh, not that long ago where a client, um, she didn't hire us and she hired, I don't know who, um, I think somebody off Kijiji or something she had mentioned, you know, and yeah. not that Kijiji is bad, but whatever anyways. And she doesn't like any one of her photos from her wedding. Yeah. And isn't that the worst? That's the worst. So like sad. You, you're not going to be able to hang photos of, of your wedding in your house. You're not going to be happy when you look back at your album. Like, yeah. no man, yeah. spend the money on a good photographer. Yeah. It was, it was, it's hard to hear, right? It's so hard when people like decide to go with someone else, right? Like, and usually it's most of the time, it's not like personalities or whatever. It's almost usually price, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, cause you know, we're cool and <laughs> we're fun. So, um, when they go somewhere else, you know, it's always like usually price. I would say that's the yeah. number one reason. Um, but yeah, when someone comes back and says like, no, I wish that I had you. And you're just like, Ooh, <laughs> that I know I'm doing the right thing. You know, like we're doing yes, what we're supposed absolutely. to do. So, um, any tools that you use that make your life easier? It doesn't have to be like an online tool. It could be just like a, you know, a tool that you like use every day. Um, but is there anything that you, you find that makes your job easier as a owner and creative director for stage? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's funny because you know, when, when I think of this question, automatically my brain goes to all of the online tools that I use. But when you just said that, I automatically thought of my new sink that we just got installed, which sounds so silly. Like we get excited about such strange little things. Like um, in our old place, we didn't have a big floral sink, but our bathroom had a, a huge shower. Um, so we filled up our buckets in the shower with like this like shower head that we would like dump into the buckets. We'd let them fill up and then we'd have to lug them over to the floral studio. It was such a nightmare, but it was like, we had to make do with what we had. Right. So when we moved into the space, one of my biggest things was like, we need to get a proper 
industrial sink that we can put our big five gallon pails into and we can fill them up and we're not lugging them around. And oh my God, it's my favorite thing in the whole world. Um, the other a good thing, sink. A good yeah, sink. A good <laughs> sink. And then another, another funny thing that's like not an online tool that we got really excited about was these like covers that we got for our racks. So like we transport um, all of our stuff to events on these big rolling racks. It just, it helps keep everything organized. You know, Jason, my husband labels everything and Jesslyn, they, they like keep everything very, very organized. Um, but we got these like these uh, rack covers that go over top of the racks and they zip up and they're like black on three sides and they have like a clear front. I love them. It's so, it's such a silly thing, but like it keeps all of our stuff like hidden and tucked away and organized. Um, and if we have to leave our racks on site, you know, we can turn them to the wall and they look nice and neat and tidy. Um, so just like, silly, silly, silly things that we get excited about. But we used to have to wrap like our racks in cellophane to keep everything tight. I'm and that's following. not very environmentally friendly. So um, yeah, that was the thing that we were most stoked about. Um, but as far as like online tools, the one thing I absolutely could not live without is, um, an online program that's called Curate, and that's a program designed for florists and rental companies. Um, it does all of our proposals for us. Well, we build our proposals in them, but we do all of our proposals. It does all of our payments through that system. Clients can sign their contracts through there. Um, it also allows us to like order our flowers through there and wow. to print our packing lists for Jason and Jesslyn in the warehouse. Um, so that, you know, everything is in one spot. And like before that I was jumping around using different programs for each thing. It was really easy for balls to get dropped, um, whenever things were being done that way. But like, I'm curious, amazing. It's my favorite um, thing in the world. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, cause I saw that you just did a blog about your husband. <laughs> I remember, yeah. I remember speaking to you when your husband decided to leave his job and join the team. Um, you want to talk to me a little bit about that? I know that's not what we plan to talk about, but I think it no, might be okay. cool to talk about, you know, what that was like. And, um, you know, if you have, oh, I mean, I don't think you have regrets, but <laughs> no, I don't. Um, you know, when I talk about like that grand vision of kind of what I wanted my business to look like, uh, part of that was always that I would want my husband to work with me. And Jason was always on board with that. I don't know that he ever really believed that it was going to like really happen, but he was always like, yeah, man, I'd be cool with that. I'd be fine. I'd be done with it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was always my, my plan to have us working for ourselves so that we can, so we had control over our own schedules. You know, if we wanted to take our kids on vacation, we didn't have to um, ask his boss for permission. You know, we were just able to kind of structure our lives um, however we wanted to. So uh, in 2008, we finally made that, that move in June. So it's been two years as of this June um, that he's been working for me. And honestly, it's, it's been one of the best decisions we could have made. Like there was definitely some growing pains. Um, there was a lot of like, you know, trying to figure out where each of us fit into the business and, you know, having to define like really clear roles for each of us that were very separate from one another um, has been really instrumental. Uh, but, you know, we have different personalities, you know, these opposites attract, right? So he, he takes care of things and he's very organized and he's, he's a planner. He's a planner even more so than I'm a planner. He doesn't, he does not like when plans change and he likes everything to be like, outline like if we could show up at a wedding two weeks in advance to set it up he would do that every time <laughs> so like you know he's had to like transition into the whole getting used to um you know you can only set up a wedding on the day up and sometimes you only have a couple hours of a window to do that mm -hmm. and you just have to make it work and weddings can be finicky sometimes so plans change at the last minute and you have to be flexible and kind of go with the flow um that's been a challenge for him and having to like run most of my ideas like by my husband has been challenging for me. Like that's a totally new territory. You know, he right. hasn't, he's, he's always just kind of trusted whatever I want to do because he wasn't really involved enough to have a, a strong opinion on things, but now yeah. he is. So we have to kind of discuss, you know, big moves and big changes together. So it's yeah. been in interesting, but um, I would never have it any other way. It's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, I had Luke join, obviously, around the same time. So I know yeah. that we were kind of going through the same, you know, growing and pains, but I do really love it. It's so nice to have somebody there who really understands. And you're right, it does take time for them to really understand the grow, like the pains and the, the things, because Luke is very much a planner, too. Like, he loves yeah. to be organized. Um, and it's great, because I like to be organized as well. But 
not like him, like a similar thing. He likes to have lists. Like we're going to the cottage this weekend and he has, he already prepared a list yesterday of all the things we need to bring, you (laughs) know? So like he just, he's like, you know, I need to bring a wall charger. I need to bring this. And you're like, okay, but that's just normal. Like I wouldn't write that down. (laughs) Like I just pack morning up and throw the things that I need in a a bag and it's fine. Oh, hairbrush, toothbrush. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, well, thank you so much. This has been really awesome. I'm, I'm actually really excited because we had so many new things in common and I actually didn't know half of these things. So same yeah it's so strange this has been a great chat I've really enjoyed it thank you Um, so much no thank you so talk to me a little bit though before you go about how people can find you and uh yeah uh, so most popular place would be our website, which is sagedesigns with an S dot CA, uh, or on Instagram, which is at sage designs events also with an S people always forget the S. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at uh, sage designs, high style event design. Um, so yeah, you can find us any of those three places and anybody who wants to chat business or decor or anything, I'm always happy to discuss. So reach out. Oh, that's very kind of you. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> You're right. Our I people love it. come in there and just you know, like... <laughs> that's, that's been one of the things about this whole coronavirus pandemic thing is that, you know, we've had a chance to really connect with other people in our industry on a, on a different level and discuss our businesses in a way that um, some of us really haven't before. And so I'm going to, I find it's very valuable in that way. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, I think people have also got to see like a different side of people, right? You only kind of mm-hmm. see people being on and like perfect, doing all these beautiful weddings and showing up and just like killing it. Um, but now it's like, oh, we're all in the same boat. We're all struggling. We're all kind of dealing with the same kind of things with clients who are upset or clients who, you know, rightfully so, right? Trying to move everything around. And uh, so it's been, it's been really great. And I appreciate all the hard work you've been doing as well. So thank you. And likewise, thank you. <laughs> thanks so much i'm over here about to do a happy dance because you just finished another episode of my podcast path to business where we get to hear amazing stories of how wonderful people got started and hopefully one day we'll be able to share yours too if you want more info head on over to our show notes page where you'll find all the latest info about this episode and links to the guests on the show You can also find the latest discount codes or freebies I've put together just for you. Also, I wanted to personally invite you to my private Facebook group where you can meet other like-minded entrepreneurs like yourself who are making waves in their business and want to help and inspire others to dream big. The links are waiting for you, so head on over to grayloftstudio.ca slash path to business.